0: Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I'm also the executive director of your Mississippi Arts Commission. We are recording at the Mary C. O'Keefe Cultural Center in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. And this is a part of our outreach to go where the people are rather than expecting all the people to come to where we are. So my guest today is Richard Chenoweth. Richard, welcome to the Arts Hour. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. And Richard is a restaurateur. He's uh in the hospitality industry, as we say. He's also got a bed and breakfast. Uh, so your restaurant, Scranton's, has been around a long time. Right. How since nineteen
1: eighty two. Thirty seven years. How many? Thirty seven. Starting on thirty seven years.
0: And and you've been this has been your dream and your Business all the way through. Right. You didn't buy an existing business. No, right.
1: In fact, I built the tables. You built the tables. (laughs) I got the stands, I got the wood, I got everything. I didn't miter anything. Right, right. (laughs) And is it in the original location? It's in the original location, yes. And it's, give us that. We're in an old fire station in the middle of downtown Pascagoula on Delmas Avenue. And it used to be City Hall. And it used to be where the, ju- where the mayor had city court and everything like that. So we've got the jail cell in there. We've got the vault where they kept all the land records. And then on the other side was where the firemen kept their fire engine and where they stayed. And then upstairs was a, the volunteer fireman's, fireman's hall where they had dances, wrestling hmm. matches, boxing matches, city meetings, and everything like that up there. You didn't
0: have ever have... Mario Galento. No, we didn't. There, He's we had been. Cowboy Bob.
1: Oh, Cowboy Bob. Okay. I greased his car one time at the, <laughs> at the Buster's st- service station. <laughs> what was he like? He was pretty nice. Just He was wrestling right across the street, in uh-huh. the old Buick you know, um, dealership uh-huh. across there, and I worked for Buster on the other side, and he came over there and said, can you grease my car? <laughs> sure. Sure, I've greased Boy, Cowboy Bob's car. <laughs>
0: So describe the cuisine and the food that you serve uh, at Scranton's. You know, we, I'm always asked
1: that, what do we specialize in? And I tell them, anything that sells. <laughs> because, you know, it, basically it's the S's. It's soups, salads, sandwiches, steaks, seafood, um, specials. We have specials every month that we run a whole month-long worth of specials and everything. But um, we do a lot of steam, a lot of sauteed, not just fried. You focus primarily on the, the food of the area, the local? That's a heavy influence on there, but we try to go outside. I'm, I mean, I'm with the International Caterers Association. I go around the country looking for, you know, looking. I just got back from a learning journey from Austin and Fredericksburg and San Antonio. and But first I went to New Mexico and just always looking for ideas. I'm always looking for that black and red fish. Right, you know, the, the big idea. The mm-hmm. big
0: idea. And what, what have you, along the way, what have you experimented with that you thought might be the black and red fish? You know, I,
1: it's, I, I've i done so many things that I can't even right. really keep track of it. I keep wanting to come up with the best rotisserie chicken yet, using sous vide and using a deep fryer, the, those two mediums, to, um, to get it right. And, uh-huh. and I've got the cooking process right it's the seasoning process that I'm still working on. And so, you know, I'm always looking for ideas just, and always trying to combine different ideas together and stuff like that. I still haven't lost that, that part of part of the restaurant business.
0: And, and how many square feet do you have in your
1: building? We have 3,200 square feet upstairs. Uh-huh. And so that's one, it's, our building is 80 by 40. So right. downstairs, it's cut up. So, you've got the front dining room, you've got the mayor's office, you've got the courtroom, you've got the jail cells, you've got the kitchen, you've got the bar. So, downstairs, it's about 2,800 square feet. And is the upstairs for special events, parties? Yeah, we use it for groups. You know, we use it for class reunions, weddings, rehearsal dinners. Mm-hmm. We just had a 40th anniversary for the dance studio up there last Saturday.
0: Won't you give us your website uh, for the restaurant, and then we'll move it's, on and talk about your br- bed and breakfast. It's
1: www.scrantons.com s c r a n t o n s dot It's like Scranton, Pennsylvania. That's where the the name basically came from, because the guy that was going to put the railroad spur in the town carved out a section, the downtown section, and named it Scranton's because he was from Scranton, Mississippi. Oh, Pennsylvania, Pens- Pennsylvania. Thanks. Interesting. <laughs> and so, uh, before it anything happened, he died. Really. So, but they kept Scranton's uh-huh. for about twenty
0: years, and then they reverted it back to Pascagoula. Great. And and it's a family-owned and operated place. Right. Uh, right. Has I have been. My partner beginning. Jack Pickett, who used
1: to work at Poets up right. in Jackson when he was going to law school, and then Merle Ivy. She's deceased now, and her two daughters. Carla and Kay, our uh, partners, took over her partnership and everything like that. Merle had the money. Jack and I had the expertise. <laughs> the big idea. <laughs> yeah, the big idea.
0: <laughs> so did you grow up in Pascagoula? Are you we moved Gula there kid? in 1962.
1: I was actually born in Bermuda. Really? So, um, yeah, my father was in the uh, Navy, and he met my mother. She was from Bermuda, and
0: that's where I was born. Why, Pint- why
1: Pastor He was a nuclear engineer. He oh, ended he up being worked. a nuclear engineer. And we, I mean, we, we went, one sister was born in Ohio, another Oklahoma. We moved around. Gotcha. Um, he was from Michigan. We ended up in Puerto Rico. We ended up in Cuba after the revolution and before it started going communist. After we left, fled Cuba, we went to Pensacola. And he was an electrical engineer there and taught at the Pensacola Junior College and then, then moved over to. Um, Start in '62. Start with the nuclear submarine program they had going over there.
0: At Ingalls. At right? Ingalls. Okay. Right. All right. Great. So you you're quite international. Uh, yeah, by your own right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, and, I, and I swear it's put a
1: wanderlust in me because uh-huh. I love to travel. You know. And you've traveled every state to every state except Alaska, I Al- Except Alaska. And I'm kind of I've been close to it. I've been in Vancouver, but uh-huh. I haven't been to Alaska yet. I've been to. Tokyo, but I haven't been to, you know, Alaska yet, so, but I'm getting there.
0: Great. So, talk to us a little bit uh, uh, about your bed and breakfast place, which is also in downtown. It's, you know, I
1: tell everybody, everything I have is old, (laughs) because (laughs) the restaurant was built in 1924, the building was built in 1924, and the Grand Magnolia was built in 1894, and it actually was a twin of two houses that belonged to some mariners, some captains and everything like that, which there's a lot of examples of that around Pascagoula. It eventually became the K.C. Hall, then it went into, you know... Knights of Columbus. Knights of Columbus, mm-hmm. right. And then it went into, you know, just closed, and then a, another guy, Ken Steiner, took it over and remodeled it, completely remodeled it, made seven bedrooms, seven suites, really huge bedrooms and um and then redid the ballroom that was that was the old Knights of Columbus hall right and so and put it all together and then when he opened it up it was right after Katrina there was a total demand for it that he was not prepared for he was not in, he's not in the people business he'll sit there and tell you that you know right. I hate people not really <laughs> but he just you know his answer was always no my answer is yes now what's the question <laughs> right you know so um so he Said, "I want you to buy this place," and he basically, you know, made me an offer Maybe. that we couldn't refuse. Right.
0: You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. My name is Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I'm in the studio in the Mary C. O'Keefe Cultural Center in Ocean Springs with my old buddy, restaurant tour, hospitality guru, tourism <laughs> guy, international traveler, <laughs> uh, chef, reckon tour. Richard Chenoweth. Well, thank you. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> uh, are you still serving on the Gulf Coast Tourism Board?
1: Yes, I'm actually president this year. Well, there you go. Yeah. So I'll be, I have two years left. I have this year left on my term as president. Then I'll be past president. Then I'll be past. Awesome. You'll, just,
0: you'll just be the past is not yeah. dead. It never yeah. Been. So talk to us a little bit for our listeners. Again, it's statewide uh, radio. Tell them about the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, tourism organization and 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 y'all, when you became a coastwide organization and, and your involvement there,
1: we came became a coastwide organization about four years ago, four or five years ago. And uh, what we did is we brought Hancock County, Harrison County already had a already had a tourism you know, right. Hancock County had a little one right, that, that you know mainly focuses on New Orleans and everything. And then Jackson County was kind of standing alone. And so what they did is they brought the tri-county tourism because tourists don't
0: recognize
1: county lines.
0: They, they don't recognize state yeah, lines either.
1: And they're used to traveling. I mean, if <laughs> right. you live in Atlanta, to get to work is an hour. If you leave Pascagoula, you can be in Bay St. Louis in an hour. You know, it's right. just so we have a wide open co- coast here. And with all three counties cooperating together, we have really jumped up the numbers. We have got an um, executive director, that we brought in from Puerto Rico that is, you know, just leading the charge. I feel like I'm behind, I mean, I feel like I'm a Ben Hur on the chariot with this mm-hmm. guy as my horse. what's he, his name? His name is Milton Segura. And he, he's been there about? He's been there almost a year. A year, right. Yeah, just getting close. And he has 25 years of experience in corporate, in, you know, he was head of Puerto Rico's, he was the executive director there. Mm-hmm. We started talking to him before they got hit by the hurricane and everything like that because he was interested in moving. Just this last weekend, he went to San, Diego, uh, San Antonio to visit family. Right. He's got a lot of family here, and family, you know, is very important. Right. And so um, so he wanted to move to uh, closer to family and his children, too. And he's just, you know, I mean, he's, He's got a vision that, that he's brought here that is just pulling us ahead by leaps and bounds.
0: And the organization is technically called Visit Mississippi Gulf Coast. Is Correct. that right? Correct. And do you happen to know that website, just for people who are curious yes, about it's, that it's work? Visit Mississippi Gulf Coast. It's .com. .com. And, um...
1: We are working on our new brand. We're coming up with our new brand March 11th. I mean, it's, you know, we've been working. I mean, we've done so much research with so many different research companies and everything like that, trying to study our demographics and study our customers and consumers and what, you know. As he was saying the other day, it's not about us. It's about them. Mm -hmm. How do they look at us? How do, you know, we want to put that brand out there that how they look at Mississippi, you know, visit the Gulf Coast. So, you know. We may not see what, see it in the brand, but, you yeah. know, but
0: your, other people, we. Your clients will. Will. Yeah. And, you know, growing up uh, down this way, we always joked about how difficult it was to get two counties in a parish to agree on anything. The parish referring to Hancock County, right. which you mentioned is very akin to New Orleans. How is that coming? I know there were, there were naysayers who didn't think you could ever get these three counties to agree on anything, let alone a tourism initiative. Right it's coming along very
1: well. It's, it's had its rough spots. It's, it's taken, it's been very frustrating to me because I thought we're going to hit the ground running. This is a great idea, you know, and everything like that. But, you know, we've had just our growing pains. We've Mm -hmm. gone through two, you know, we're on our third executive director, Mm -hmm. but you know, we, we hit a gold mine here. And, um, you know, we still got people tugging, tugging at us. And, but if they really got in and looked and see what we're doing, I mean, our numbers are climbing every month our our numbers are better and better and better it's it's just stronger you need money to market period right. you've got to get the money to get it out there and you're going to um you know if you spend a dollar you're going to get 12 to 14 to 15 dollars back right. but people
0: it's just documented absolutely you yeah know. the return on investment in tourism is a, is astounding we're
1: still getting you know, we're still getting a little tug and h- tug here and there, but, you know, we're, we're actually churning ahead. We've got some stuff in the pipeline that's going to kind
0: of blow some people's minds. Great. Well, Hopefully. Richard Chenoweth uh, is our guest today. I'm gonna, we're going to take a break here, listen to some music, come back. Again, we are live at the Mary C. O'Keefe Cultural Center in Ocean Springs with Richard Chenoweth from Pascagoula. And the the music that I've chosen for this uh, show is sort of New Orleans-based. It's just, you know, if you're going to think about culture down this way, I often think about New Orleans. This is actually a Duke Ellington uh, song from his New Orleans Suite LP entitled Portrait of Lewis. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I am with uh, Larry Morrissey, who is uh, our producer-engineer today. He's no... Kevin Farrell but he is a Larry Morrissey <laughs> and uh, we are live uh, in an unusual setting for us we're at the Mary C O'Keefe Cultural Center in Ocean Springs this is not the first time we've done shows from this venue uh but we like to come down here occasionally and uh, gather stories and interviews from local people because, uh, you know, the way it is, Richard, they, they rarely find their way to Jackson. So we just, we will come to, to you guys.
1: I seem to find my way to Jackson a lot, especially in the early days uh-huh. with the
0: Restaurant Association. So my guest today is Richard Chenoweth. He's a restaurateur, he's in the hospitality industry, he owns Scranton's Restaurant. Since 1974, or is that no? 1982, 82. Got my numbers confused. I got married in 81. That's the only way I remember <laughs> it. Married in 81, opened in 82. So you opened in 82. Hallam House opened in 85. So we yeah. we're, were kind of, yeah, we up kind up of the been, same generation there. Yeah. And uh, Robert Saint John, I don't know when he opened up his. You know, uh, it was know after I, us. I know yeah, that
1: was, probably 87 yeah, later in the 80s. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. But anyway, we're glad you're here. Thanks for joining us today, and. Um, uh, in the first segment, we talked a bit about your businesses and such. I wanted to ask you here about this big adventure that you took, <laughs> that that kind of got you in the Guinness World Book of Records, if yeah. I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, we established the record. It, it was Brian Peterson and Dan Walker and myself, and we, you know, when the wave runners came out, it was a big craze and everything like that. But what we like to do, and we wave like, runners are these. Sit down jet skis. Jet skis. You know, okay. before you had the jet skis with the adjustable handlebars that right. you went back, you know, but you had to stand up. Well then Yamaha came out with a sit down version and they just took off. Okay. Like that. So these are the sit down versions. Okay. With a really, really very hard seat. <laughs> and um, How would you know it was hard? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Vaseline is man's best friend, I can tell you. But uh So we, but we liked riding them distances. So, you know, we came up with an idea, and we rode to Destin and back, and we went through all kinds of trials and tribulations on that trip. We got separated, but we learned a lot from all our mistakes we learned. So the next one said, well, let's go to Key West. And so it took us six days to get down to Key West and had a great time doing that. And people kept saying, you ought to be in the Guinness Book of World Records. And I kept saying, well, we didn't do it. You don't do it for that. You do it for the fun and right. the adventure and everything. And so then, but they kept hammering on me on it. So I wrote Guinness. And they said, well, you should contact us for because we would have told you to do this. Keep a diary. Keep receipts. Keep everything. Well, I did all that. You know, I had a record of, who saw us when we arrived at a certain place, and who saw us when we departed?
0: And you were just doing that because that was what you, yeah, you we were had keeping a up with it yourself. Wet
1: diary and yeah. <laughs> you know, with the pencil and everything like that. And we kept strict records of all our costs and receipts and everything like that. And so we had it all. And so they put us in the, we established a category and everything like that. And then what's we the category? The category was longest jet ski journey. Longest. Yeah. Period. Period. So then we knew. That was only 900 miles. We knew that's going to be easily broken. And we had so much fun going to Key West that we uh, decided to go to New York, and that took us 13 (laughs) days. So you (laughs) left
0: Pascagoula and went to New York City. We went all the way down to Fort
1: Myers and then crossed Fort Myers over to (laughs) the the Intercoastal. We did the Intercoastal, but we. a lot of times, they're, they're five-mile wake zones. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there putting along. You know, you're know, you eating your own exhaust and stuff like that. So you, it's better just to go out to inlets and fight the surf and everything like that. And you go a lot fa- faster and a lot farther. We averaged about 250 miles a day. Wow.
0: It sort of reminds me of when Bruce Browning and I paddled the entire length of the Pearl River. Uh-huh. But not exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's kind of different. But yeah. it was a journey with lots of people along the way and many great memories like did y'all stop and eat did you find cool places to we we slept
1: we slept in boats that were moored up in marinas we Uh slept on docks that were in marinas we slept in hotels we slept you know in just on the ground on the middle on islands in the middle of the Mississippi River we've done that and we had the same thing that you did. It's basically all the same as long as you're having fun. That's the whole point. Right. You don't do it to go get in a Guinness Book of World Records because, no. man, you, it can be miserable, you yeah. know. But it's fun. It's meeting the people and and the adventure and not really knowing where you're going to go or what's around the next bend. And you know, you get lost. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get oh, yeah. all kinds of things, and it all, it all rolls back into one good time. That's great.
0: So do you have any other big adventures like this, or did that one I'm pretty much satisfy RV. that itch? I'm
1: doing it in an RV these days. You know? <laughs> I did the, the what um, all the upper Northwest last
0: summer in nine, your RV, nine
1: thousand miles in RV. Yeah.
0: So owning and operating a restaurant in a B and B, how do you find time to be gone for so long? I've got, got a really good you have crew, good folks.
1: Yeah, and you know, and I'm not there. For the everyday, you know, everyday stuff anymore. Uh, we have meetings all during the week. I meet with the staff. I meet with the, the crew and everything like that. And we try to, you know, keep, you know, take care of problems and stuff like that. But as far as being there every day and not being able to, I've always left it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why, I've, you know, I may not be as successful or made as much money as I could have if I'd been down there. But I've had such a wonderful experience right. getting out of there. And, you know, that was another thing. Yes, now where are we going? Right. You know, I, I had friends that would take me, you know, all the way across to the Maldives. Uh-huh. You know, and just I've just been to Singapore. I've been, you know, just all over Hawaii. So, um, so
0: owning your own business has afforded you this incredible yes, it life has. To, to go. And
1: with. a very understanding wife and two daughters. <laughs> and two understanding partners. Now, are you... <laughs> daughters
0: are
1: are they involved in the business my youngest amy is working is our sales and she's our innkeeper at, at the, the grand magnolia grand magnolia and um and also does sales for the catering and does you know arrangements for catering what's the website of the grand magnolia Let's grandmagnolia.com same thing okay. same thing my other daughter i can't i gotta mention both of them. she's a fourth grade teacher she teaches at lake elementary in uh, pascagilla great School teachers, yeah, restaurateurs. Yeah,
0: my guest today is Richard Chenoweth. He is uh, a rack and tour entrepreneur, restaurateur, world traveler, <laughs> globetrotter, uh, Guinness Book of World Records holder, and uh, a great old and dear friend. And and speaking of friends, I wanted to ask you about people uh, who have been your who you who have influenced you, who been your mentor, people that you've looked up to and worked with. I know you you're a, You've mentioned John Curran in right, the past right. uh, in Oxford.
1: I, I just like John. I've, I've followed him, followed his career and everything like that, and, it's, and we're kind of similar in it, except he was in a better money town, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to, you know, keep coming up with different concepts and different ideas. I've had the restaurant and tried to do that same thing in just the, you know, boundaries of, of the restaurant. I did go out a couple of times just around the block, but there, we just don't have the population, Right. you know, that, that – they've gotten in in other places, you know, so, um, but just John, I think he's very talented, and I think he's very smart, and he's just a, just a really great guy, you know, just willing to help you, and, you know, just, I don't know, he's just, I don't, I've yes. just always liked him, he's kind of like Paul perdone too, you know, he was, he was, a, that was my idol for the black and yep. redfish, you know. Sure. It, when I would go down and buy crab meat and shrimp and everything like that at this fish market, they'd say, you want that redfish? And it'd just be laying there, you know, on the thing, on the ground. I'm going, nah. You <laughs> no, <know. laughs> not until Paul made it blackened. <laughs> yeah. I think my theory is that some busboy in the in the it, Paul Perdomo's going. They put a burned redfish in there, and he goes, "Hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll buy this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how it happened. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, maybe. I tell people a cookbook is nothing but a bunch of mistakes that turned out good. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I <laughs> you agree. Know? You know? Now, Do you have a cookbook? No, I don't. Yeah. But um, my mother taught me how to cook. Right. And if I wanted to drive the car, I had to cook dinner. <laughs> and if I wanted to cook dinner, I had to go to the grocery store. So she taught me. She was a single mom. And so, you know, she taught me basically over the phone. I would, you know, she worked at a gift shop, Salma Gundy gift, sh- gift shop. And so she she was able to be able to take a phone call and stuff like that. So if I got to a stumbling block, I'd call her up and say, "Hey, mom, what what should I do next?" and stuff like that. So I would walk from the high school down to the gift shop. She'd give me the the grocery store list and the keys, and I'd be going, "I'm driving the car. <laughs> I'm driving the car." You know, might might only be like ten minutes. You know, but you know.
0: So um, you you went to school in Pasco. So you mm-hmm. sort of grew up in Pasco, right. even though you traveled right. All right. Over right. Yeah. the world. You you. You, you graduated from past yeah, school. Yeah, we
1: when once we got there in '62, we I was there to stay till '70.
0: Where'd you go to college?
1: Went to started at Spring Hill in. Um, Alabama. It took me eight years to get
0: out of college. Yeah, well, so did I. <laughs> Same here.
1: I started at Spring Hill for a couple of years. That's there. Alabama. Yeah, yeah, in Mobile. Yeah, in Mobile. Then um, flunked out of there and went to um, Memphis, Tennessee, to work with some friends of mine that I had up there, and then uh, took finished out my semesters and everything like that at Memphis State. And so then kind of caught up, I was a sophomore then, and then, um, then ended up in the oil fields searching for oil with Dale Harkey. And then Dale said, I'm going back to law school. He'd already graduated from Spring Hill. He said, I'm going back to law school. And I said, well, I'll go with you and get my undergraduate degree. And so we went back as roommates and everything like that. Where? Oh, excuse me, University of Mississippi. Oh, you went to Ole Miss? Yeah, the Hoka Theater and all that was just opened up there, the gin. 1970. I graduated in 78
0: up there, so I got there in 76, 75 and a half, 76. Yeah, that's kind of when Hoka, Square Books, Willie Morris came back, Barry Hanna, Center for the Study of Southern Culture, all that stuff. I was
1: working at the warehouse. Really? Yeah, I was yeah. a bartender and a waiter at the warehouse.
0: So I was going to ask you that. Did you start in the kitchen, or did you start behind the bar, or were you a waiter?
1: I think I started mainly in, as a bar, bartender and a waiter and everything like that. I'd already had the kitchen, and I knew I didn't really want to be in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, you are <laughs> a smart man. You know, I'm more sociable, I want to be more on stage. You know? uh-huh. sure. And so uh, I'd rather be out front. Uh and everything so but i can get in the kitchen you know i mean my crew knows that i can walk in there and say okay you you need to leave i got it i I got it i know how to do (laughs)
0: this has your menu changed much over the years oh gosh
1: yeah drastically i feel sorry for those people that ate with us 37 years ago you know
0: (laughs) i mean you know you 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 don't know anything
1: right yeah but you think you know everything right And so you know, you get out there. What do you mean you don't like that? <laughs> Something must be wrong. with You You <laughs> must leave. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we've you know, like I said, I'm on that quest to find anything that sells. You know, <laughs> we that re- noble quest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we we, we, we serve deal. whatever <laughs> sells <laughs> here, Scranton. <at Trent's>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, we're gonna take another music break. Uh, my guest today is Richard Chenoweth from Pascagoula, Mississippi. We are live from the Mary C. O'Keefe Culture Center, and our music today is uh, themed around New Orleans and New Orleans music. Uh, the song that we're about to play comes from a, 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 a gentleman from Great Britain uh, named uh, John Cleary, who moved to New Orleans many years ago and took up sort of being the, uh, the new New Orleans piano player. But he's got a band called John Cleary and the, and the Absolute Monster Gentleman. Uh, and this is from, uh, this tune is entitled, I Sometimes Wonder. Welcome back to the Arts Hour. Malcolm White here, uh, live from the Mary C. O'Keefe Culture Center in Ocean Springs, Mississippi here with Larry Morrissey, and our guest today is Richard Chenoweth. Welcome back, Richard. Well, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> glad to still be here. <laughs> glad to still be working. So, uh... You ever fool with music? I know you're a big music fan. Are you? Did you ever play? No, I play a hell of an air guitar,
1: though. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, I That's can shake people off. They think they go. Hey, can you play the guitar? Uh-huh. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> never, never
1: picked up an instrument. No, I really wanted to, but just never seemed to have time. It's the same thing. I want to be a pilot, but I never have time to do that either. But
0: I'm not. Well, giving you've done up a yet. lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like you've been idle all these years. So, so this all started in. You had a beer bar in '74 yeah. or something yeah, like that. We, Where was that?
1: Jack and Stan Flint, Jack Both Stan Flint, Dale Here's Harkey, a, the, yeah. Gerald Collins. You don't know Gerald? Uh, Gerald's deceased now, and myself. We started, you know, we were all in school together. We, they were in Southern. They were USM, though, weren't they? They were at Southern. But we're all, we've all been friends since, uh-huh. you know, since fourth grade, really, fourth, fifth grade. Now, is this
0: also Malin,
1: Malin Adams? Was he Malin one of was your in there, childhood he, friends? Was, he was our musician, so he was, yeah, right. he was who we lived vicariously through there. I got you. Okay. In fact, I mean, we shoved him up on stage the first time he ever, you know, because you know, he won't, he'll tell you. He just yeah. gets real nervous getting he on does. stage. He, to this but he's day. fantastic. Yeah, he's great. And he's a great artist, too. Yeah, yes. But, uh, so we're all intertwined. You okay. know, Susan Ford's a good friend of ours. We lived with the her glassblower. In, in You're right. Yeah. That's Who Jack's cousin. for a long time. And we lived in Congress Street with her. Oh. Okay. When they were going to law school, Wynn Clark and, and, um, you know, gosh, Wynn Clark and, uh, Jack and, um,
0: I don't know. Yeah, I here. know.
1: Anyway, uh, we all lived at Congress Street, and Susan had the downstairs, and we all had the upstairs. Oh, okay. And so, and it was in your house
0: that where the th- where I used to live. Yeah, where, where the three sisters, right. two sisters, two restaurant sisters restaurant was, yeah. and I lived there. I guess I came along in seventy-eight, uh, seventy-nine. Okay, so you came in after us. Then. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah, y'all had already been there. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then after that, it became two sisters. Correct. After you, right? After yeah. I left, and yeah. I ran
0: George Street. So you know that So that worked out
1: great. Done. Well, we ran there too, <laughs> <laughs> out the
0: door and in that door. <laughs> we spent a lot of time there. So, have you ever uh, had any other enterprises that didn't make it, or that they, did you ever? dabble in any other businesses that w- that that we, don't get attributed to your success story? We sold fireworks. <laughs> we sold shrimp on the side of the,
1: you know, on the square up in Holly Springs. Oh, did you now? Yeah. Um, gosh, I almost had his name. He's from Holly Springs. Um, but, um, you know, I mean... But I've always basically we stuck with the restaurant business, and we kind of got into the B&B business because we wanted the venue mm-hmm. that was attached yeah. to that hall, 5,000 square foot for hall catering. Yeah. For catering, and the only way we could get it was to get the house too. And I was going, well, gosh, I don't really know anything about the B&B, the you know hotel business. And and Peter Sharp from Fairview yep. told Jackson. me he said, "You've been in the hospitality business." you know, you can do this with the b and I went to the B&B Association, right. aspiring innkeepers, and so he he gave me the incentive to do it, and I tell people when we first took over, half our staff quit, you know, and they go, huh? I <laughs> said, well, we only got two staff, <laughs> and I'd already replaced them. Not <laughs> unlike the restaurant business where I've got 34. Right, right. You know, so this B&B is a dream compared to, you know, running a restaurant with, you know, that amount of staff and everything. Yeah.
0: So I've i stayed focused. That's Second. about that's about it. Now you, you were involved in the restaurant association for mm-hmm. years. You were the on the board, president. I remember yeah. that. House you president. and I think served together at one time right. way back in the day. And
1: you know, I also served as president of the Coast mm-hmm. Restaurant Association and then when and we were still part of well we were we were separate, then we became you know, we went back with the state and now we're separate again. So you know, but but I also served on the state. I just believe in you join associations because you can save a lot of mistakes. Right. You make a lot of contacts, like you. You you know, you make contacts with people, and you can call them up and say, Hey, I'm thinking about trying this. Well, it, it, well think about this. Think Do about this. this. Look, take know, a look at this first. Yeah. You know,
0: it it's such a great investment. Joining
1: associations.
0: Well, well, since we are the Arts Commission and, uh, you know, we are here in the Mary C. O'Keefe Cultural and Arts Center, talk to us a little bit about the art scene in Pascagoula. Do you have an arts council there? We do. We do have an Art association yeah. that that they
1: they struggle. It's just we lost a lot of population after Katrina. And we lost about 5,000 people, and it was the people that could move. Hmm. So you talked about the people that, you know, that, appreciate the arts and appreciate right. you know find you know above fast food and everything like that and so we we took a big hit after katrina and so you know everybody's you know kind of struggling there to you know w- would you say that the rest of the coast has recovered faster than pascagoula you know because pascagoula does still have still has Ingalls and still mm-hmm. has chevron you know and those are big engines right in, in our you know They've just struggled a little bit with you know trying to get towards you know we're thought of as as the
0: eco end of
1: the right. spectrum. Right, well, you you have are,
0: the Audubon Center, which right. is amazing. Right, uh, and we you, do. You have, have a a lot the Pascagoula area. River. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have system. the islands. You have the islands. You have the old lighthouse, Round it's Island. Right. Is that what it's called?
1: Round Island Lighthouse. Uh-huh. We have a lot uh-huh. in and And I'm. I'm trumpeting that all the time, sure. especially on the tourism commission. I'm always bringing travel riders over there and giving you, know, you know, giving them a, a deeper tour than they get, just you know, glimpsing at it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, we are not. I'm, I'm maybe struggling might be too strong of a word, but you know, mm-hmm. we just have our little hurdles, and we, you know, people think of us just a blue collar. Okay. They don't dig if they dig a little bit deeper, they're going to find a lot there.
0: So you think people perceive Pascagoula as a blue-collar community as opposed to Ocean Spray? Well, because or? of our industry and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? Because of the big industry, right. but those are also corporate sponsors, are they not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I like mean, that would be a plus. I mean,
1: they both support Jackson County. It, they have a mandate, basically, their own mandate that they support the local economy and the local everybody local as much as they can, not just with giving to the schools and with giving to the arts, with giving to the Audubons, you know, mm-hmm. Center and everything like that, they
0: they support
1: Jackson County very well.
0: Now, the last time I was in Pascagoula hanging out with you, I think I was at uh, the B&B, Jimmy Buffett had just been there or was coming there, and y'all yep. were dedicating a bridge for him or something? It's been twofold, actually. Um, you know, we've always known Jimmy
1: Buffett, but he hasn't really known us. Since. Right. And... But, you know, we always had that Pascagoula connection and everything like that. And what he, is that connection? Because you was, hear
0: all sorts of stories about where He was where born Jimmy, in Pascagoula. He was literally born there.
1: He was literally born there. The Singing a, River Hospital? No. No. What used to be, what, what was the forerunner of Singing River Hospital is a nursing home now. Uh-huh. And it's right on the border. It's, it's actually in Moss Point now. I got you. Um Right when you cross from Pascal to Moss Point, it's right there on the left okay. as you're heading up to Moss Point. He was born there. It's the same hospital my sister was—I mean, my wife was born. It's the same hospital that my business partner was born. He was born there. He came—I mean, he lived on Roosevelt Street. They've got a little marker in front of the house on Roosevelt the Street. The city has a marker there? Yeah. Okay. And then he— his family moved to Mobile to work at the shipyard over there. His father got a job at that shipyard over there, Alabama dry docks Uh over there. So that's where the Mobile influence. I was reading an article the other day that he actually helped raise money to bring, he was, you know, a student to bring the USS Alabama, you know, really, you know, that was a big, sure. uh, That was a big grassroots money. You know, they, nickels and dimes came together to bring that USS Alabama down. So, um, so he's had that connection all along the coast. But what happened was his grandfather lived in Pascagoula. Okay. And he lived right on a little bayou that goes out into the Gulf. And so he, he would come over and his grandfather would lay out the charts right there next to the bayou and said, now tell me, show me where you are. And he would say, he said, now son, you can get in that bayou and you can go out in that Gulf and you can go anywhere you want to in the world ah. from right here. Mm-hmm. And and we've got that marker coming up with that story in there.
0: So he's getting city, older. Again, a city marker. Right.
1: Okay. He's getting older and Franz Hanning, who's also from Pascagoula, worked for um gosh dog. A big corporate Wyndham. And Wyndham. um mm-hmm. so he got to be friends with Jimmy Buffett because they're working on the you know, they're working on the Margaritaville's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. different resorts all around the the country so they got to be friends through the Pascagoula connection and everything like that. Franz is Jack Pickett's brother in law, okay. who's my business partner. Gotcha. So Jack called me up and said, Hey Jimmy Buffett's coming in for lunch on Monday and I said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well they were over to Saints game. Well that's what kind of started the conversation about, you know, naming the little bayou. We wanted the to same name
0: bayou that. that his grandfather? Right. Down? We okay. wanted to name
1: that after Jimmy Buffett. Well, then the Historical Society said, no, it's already got a name, one of our original founders and everything like that, and said, well, let's do the bridge. And then it went from there. Th- somebody else took it over from there, and it went to the Buffett Beach. But in the meantime, he flew in on a seaplane, landed in the Pesco River, and went down and did a concert on the beach. But before he did, he stayed at the Grand Magnolia, practicing with Mac and right. and the Mac band Mac and everything Nile. like that. Yeah. His band leader and right. his collaborator. And uh, so then... The next time he came down, Mac was playing at the Grand Magnolia. And Jimmy Buffett just happened to be in Mobile shooting a documentary over there with his daughter. And he came over and said, I'm gonna come over and play a couple of songs with you. Well those couple of songs, I went out and bought a fifth of tequila and because Jimmy likes tequila, it was the best fifty dollars <laughs> I've ever spent because he ended up staying until 1.30 in the morning. You know, he had a driver and everything like that. So of course. And uh, he and Mac and we all, they all came back to the restaurant, we fixed dinner for him and everything like that after the concert. He surprised everybody at the Mac concert and played at the Grand Magnolia. And that's the, the bed and breakfast. Right. So it has so, a
0: concert venue there? Yeah, it has that 5,000 square foot ballroom that we,
1: that we use as a venue for all kinds of things.
0: Okay. My guest today is Richard Chenoweth and he is a restaurateur and a very successful businessman from the Pascagoula area and we're stories about our lives and the, the intersect <laughs> <laughs> that intersect and and not so what's next uh you've you've got this very successful restaurant and b&b and you're on all these boards and commissions what what do you want to do well uh, the the restaurant is actually you know
1: it, it's an old dog it's kind of like mm-hmm. and miles and very know, old dog very old dog and and we've got the the new dogs opening up around us and everything like that which have kind of you know cause us to take a little hit and everything like that. And we keep trying marketing and everything like that. But you know how people kind of take you for granted. Yeah. Uh, I think Robert Robert St. John touched about it in your book, in the forward in your book and everything like that, that you still got to take care of those old dogs. And um, so, but I'm hoping that the next generation, Jack's son, um, whose name is Jackson, um, is working there. And I'm hoping that he'll, you know, take over the mantle and everything like that. And his other son, Alex, works for us. And so I'm hoping that you know we can run the B&B and they can run the restaurant because we have a very symbiotic relationship. All our catering comes out of that kitchen and everything like in, that. In the restaurant. In the restaurant. Is there
0: a two kitchens or just the one? Just the one. Uh-huh. You know how it is. I do. You make do with <laughs> <the> shoebox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the only that's
1: why you hire human beings because robots couldn't do it. Right. right.
0: You know well do you fish or are you sort of attached to the land around here are you an outdoorsman or you're just
1: not really not I love really. going to the island I'm a wave runner I still have a wave runner I never
0: have had a boat
1: in my life never you owned know, a boat I have had access to them never you know but I've still got my wave runner it's just like a motorcycle yeah you know, you, yeah you can just hop on it and you can I've got it on a floating dock at a friend of mine's house and I can just back it out and be at the island in 15 minutes.
0: When you say the island, which one? Horn Island, Petty Boy.
1: Petty Boy mainly. I like Petty Boy the most. So,
0: so of course, Walter Anderson made Horn famous, and you you go there, but but it's not your closest island.
1: It is. It It is is our closest Mm -hmm. island, but it has so many more people on it and everything like that. But we also have a big relationship with the Memphis College of Art. That has been coming down and doing the Walter Anderson experience for thirty years. Right. And the first very first time they did it, they came back to Scrantons and said, Hey, can we you know, it's Saturday night, can we come in here and eat dinner? And, mm-hmm. and so we've done that for thirty years. Well
0: what what's sort of the difference between Petty Boy and and Horn? Are they very similar in their uh, They're
1: very similar. They both have landscape. ponds and everything like that. They uh, have these
0: internal Ponds. right uh-huh.
1: and that actually are tidal ponds uh-huh. so, they, so they so yeah. they have a, a tie and so they brackish, have alligators right. in there they have oysters in there and all kinds of stuff um it's it, petty boy it's just you know pascal i mean horn island people from pascal go to the east end and then people from Ocean springs go to the way and biloxi go to the west end ah, so okay. it's real crowded you know all the way across and everything mm-hmm. like that and so if you you know want to just go out there with a group of people and you know, be by yourself and everything like that. It's easier to do that at Petty Boy. Gotcha. I don't know. We just seem to like Petty Boy.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's cool that yeah. Pascagoula has that. Access
1: to Island. Right. And actually, when you're at the end of, you're at the east end of Petty Boy, you can see Dolphin Island. And so you're that close to Alabama. I mean, just a little bit more, yeah, and you're in Alabama. That's right. You're on the yeah. eastern eastern part of the state. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that about does it. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you for having for me. For coming
1: Really proud to be here with you, to tell you the truth. Come in and you're one of my, you know, You're one of my idols, too. Well, man. no,
0: we're just friends, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks a lot. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Arts Hour, and we hope you have a great Sunday afternoon, and you'll join us every Sunday, 5 o'clock, here on MPB Think Radio for the Mississippi Arts Hour.